The more that we stay quiet, the more the oppression gains power. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle, or you can, you can just call me Pinky if you want. I'm here with my friend uh, Alfonso Rachel. You can call him uh, Zoe if you'd like. And, <laughs> yep. uh, and here we are um, on yet another uh, edition of The Virtue Signal. Uh, Zoe, mm -hmm. it's getting a little past time worry about these things, but nevertheless, just out of formality. You and I, uh, we've been friends for a long time. But we have also may or may not have been members of an organization that may or may not have existed for um, conservatives in Hollywood. Mm. Uh, and um, and that has been defunct for a while now, and I miss it a lot. So what I thought we might talk about today is is uh, something beyond the idea of friendship, and that would be fellowship. Mm. Uh, obviously, the Fellowship of the Rings is, is a <laughs> kind of the, the, the cultural knee-jerk reaction, but that's kind of... As usual with Tolkien, that's pretty much the essence of it. It's in the case, just using the Fellowship of the Rings as an example that many people have had experience with, one form or another, it doesn't necessarily mean a group of friends necessarily, although usually over time they get to be close friends. It's really got to do with a gathering of people of a like mind and of a, and of a like purpose and a like moral uh, code and so on. And the the um, the restorative power of fellowship. Forget the like the offensive power of it in terms of like you know the ability to get things done and and what it's like to have people watching your back. But just from a point of view of of, of people like us who've been watching all of this stuff just kind of coming in and and stuff. Just the ability to be with other people of like minds is an enormously um, encouraging. And we could use some courage these days. Now, to some degree, obviously, th th this show is a fellowship, and 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 our members are a fellowship, and the conservative movement essentially is an even larger fellowship. But it's not quite the same as being in the same room as the same people with the same people. Uh, I thought maybe we'd start by getting your take on on what it feels like to be out, at, outnumbered, at least in terms of conservatives in entertainment business in in Los Angeles what it feels like to be in the company of other people who are in exactly that same boat. Cause it made a profound effect on me. Um, in the beginning, it felt great. Uh, and I appreciate it. Uh, I guess if we're going to, you know, take the liberty to talk about, it, because kind of like fight club, it was one of those things that we weren't supposed to talk about. Um, but you know, but I would find that sometimes I would see on news outlets, more high profile people who had come into the group or be welcome to the group, go on national news and talk about it. And I'm like, um, I don't, I don't know if they got the memo, uh, but, yep. but I, I guess, uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and talk about it. But, um, when going in, it was great because I love the idea, the fellowship, um, However, I, I guess, like for me, maybe my experience was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't, uh, I didn't come into the fellowship as a Hollywood entertainer. Uh, I didn't have a resume uh, of, you know, uh, whether being in movies in any sort of capacity. I was just, I was a YouTuber, right, who had viral videos. So for some reason, the, the criteria was, I guess, maybe adjusted for me and, and hey. Adjusted uh, for, it was adjusted for me too, pal. Right. Uh, <laughs> And, and, you know, and which I'm very grateful for. It's like, wow, man, I, I got to be a part of this. Um, I guess we're, you know, 
but the fellowship was good, but it's like, okay, now what are we going to do with to do. it? What are we going to do? Because we had all these resources, all these connections. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. The fellowship was supposed to be first. It was, it shouldn't, and wasn't supposed to be a thing where it's like, Hey, I'm going to rub elbows with some, with some Hollywood conservative celebrities. Here's my script. Um, it wasn't uh -huh. supposed, it wasn't supposed to be that. However, there should have been something more fruitful. Like say, for instance, you, you mentioned that even right now, what we have with the virtue signal with our audience, we have a fellowship. You know, we, we uh, talk about things that are, people are talking about. We're trying to clarify what these uh, virtues are and make sure that we don't have other people's twisted ideas of virtue ruling over us. We have the right to question what these virtues are. And we have a fellowship with these people. But not only is there a fellowship, they're trying to help it be fruitful. They support. And there wasn't that kind of support system in the fellowship that it was supposed to be. Like I said, once again, it wasn't all about, hey, what can I get out of this? Mm -hmm. However, there should have been a utility to it. You know, it's like, okay, if we yeah. have these, these, these connections and we have these resources, why are we in this speakeasy? Why aren't we taking the fight to them with the resources that we have and produce competitive narratives to what the left is doing to um, basically corrupt the culture more and more. So those kinds of things kind of left me disillusions. And, and one more thing, it, it was like, all you had to do to be in the group, it seemed was like, love America. That's and not be, enough. And be in the entertainment business to some degree, yeah. Right, it's just like, oh, oh you love America, that's great. Because the, the, the push for big tent conservatism or big tent patriotism, whichever, ends up being a big tent of obscurity. It, where's the standard? It's almost like, you know, we're telling people, hey, if you want to come into our country, you're going to have to assimilate. And these are the standards of what we're going to do, of what it is. This is the law. Yeah. But we don't exercise that same standard when it comes to coming into the more right leaning or Republican voting tent. Oh, be ever, be whatever you want. Now we got no standards. Now we have a tent of obscurity and it's going to be doomed to collapse. So that was my, you know. I, I get so much from talking to you. Um, I don't want to make this about that particular group of people. I want to make it about fellowship in general. But you raise oh, yeah. a really important point uh, that I that I had kind of felt, but I'd never really clearly seen before, and that is that is that uh, fellowship needs to be it needs to have a, a target, a destination, it needs to mm. be about something, and and I think that's probably what what hurt this this particular fellowship, but that's not really the point. When you were talking about people sitting around and not really doing anything, I thought, wow, so imagine the Fellowship of the Ring from Lord of the Rings, and instead of going on this quest to destroy the ring in Mount Doom, they all just sit around in, in, in Rivendell. Just sit around once a week, get together, have a couple of you know drinks, hang out on the balcony, look at the waterfalls. These people would not have been friends under those circumstances. The whole point of the Fellowship of the Ring, as a matter of fact, is entirely about the fact that that the people coming into this were were not only fractious they they despise each other elves and dwarves and and, and, and the, you know, the, the the human guy and you you got you got Gondor and you got you got the everybody and and all of them are essentially at cross purposes until they're given a goal that unites them and and this is why fellowship is different than friendship because and, and I hadn't realized it until you really put it so plainly, because it has to be, I think, about something. One of the one of the things that's most um, 
clear in human history is the bond that's formed among among men really uh, in combat under fire and especially in world war ii in world war ii because because it was so monumental and because there was a, a, a draft, but even in the case of the draft, there are so many people volunteering. I think more than any other war in our nation's history, with the possible exception of the Civil War, you had people from everywhere, you know? And when you'd see movies from, from about World War II, especially ones made in the 50s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, you would see this platoon of guys and it would be, uh, you know, there's a, he's, the, he's the Italian from the Bronx and here's a, here's a Jew from here and here's, here's Tex from the farm, you know, and here's, you know, and, and here's the guy from, from Los Angeles. And they were all different identities and, they, and, and oftentimes these, these identities were in, in a fair amount of friction here in the world. But when you got them out into a platoon, either in Germany or in, in um, you know, Guadalcanal or something, all of a sudden, those things don't exactly go away, but they actually become a, a, a even bond you even closer. It becomes like uh, it, it's it's not like, it's not like a running joke. It becomes oh you know oh, he's just a just a you know oh, that that dago bastard, and it's a it's a term of affection, right? <laughs> and and that affection between between formerly adversarial groups is only able to exist because of the outside pressure. In, in the case of the Pacific, that outside pressure would be the Japanese, right, which have to be defeated, who have to be defeated, are forcing these disparate elements together and melding them, welding them into a group. Once they're welded together, those friendships will remain for the rest of their lives. There's no question about that. But you're right. It, it, that kind of fellowship is the idea of a bunch of people from different backgrounds getting together but they but you're right they have to get together for a purpose it has to be about something and i think that's a pretty good tee up for for modern um modern viewers to say what do we do what what action do we take with this fellowship that we have you know the people who become members of billwhittle.com are producing eight or nine shows a week and and those shows have a reach that never ceases to amaze me. I'll never, ever, ever stop being astonished by, by having people who, who not only did I not think would be my kind of audience, but just astonished, amazed to be my kind of audience. Some purple-haired girl on the beach in San Francisco will come up, uh, on the beach in Santa Monica will come up and say, I'm a really big fan of your work. You'll say, what? Thank you. You know, what? So, <laughs> so what do we do? about this. We've got people now in America, we've got half the country that 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 is the raw materials for a, a big fellowship, right? Mm -hmm. People who have extremely different backgrounds, but they have a common set of, of of goals and ideas. They have the same idea of what happiness is. And and that happiness usually consists of being left alone, having freedom, having the ability to live your own life. The people in our fellowship have no desire to tell other people how to live. That that alone is enormously uh, useful to a fellowship, right? I'm not. You don't have to do what I tell you. We just you know, we just you be you, and I'll be me. So so what do we? We seem to be having, as you said, a real problem with weaponizing that, and I mean weaponizing in this case in a good way. Right. Oh man, and you know you. You know, in the previous episodes, you know, we talk about um, things like fear, uh, strengths, uh, and this fellowship 
despite the things that they were facing, like we're talking about the Fellowship of the Ring, despite the thing that they were facing, they still had to pony up and go out and face that dread that was taking over, you know, um, uh, you know, pony people's up. lives, right? They had, you you know, had to pony up. Exactly. Cowboy up. You, you know, uh, ups, no, that's right? it, man. You had to, you had to, you had to, you had to have skin in the game. You had to put, you had to ante up. You had to put something into this. You didn't just get to ride. Yes. Right. Because, you know, these things can get you caught, uh, tossed into like a real and, and this isn't just in fantasy world. This is in real life, you know, where a person, you know, it's like, look, man, you got to own up, if, you know, and despite you might get thrown in jail, you might get thrown in, you might get executed, you might get tortured. It's like, look, uh, if we don't step up, these things are more likely going to happen anyway. And uh, mm-hmm. we need to try to fight against this. Well, now we're we've got people that are afraid of Facebook jail. Uh, yeah, you know these, these these are the torturous. This is the persecution that. We, and don't get me wrong, if if your livelihood kind of depends on this, isn't this is just beyond being social. This is people's livelihoods. People put their business and they use these things to promote with. And once you're taken out of it, that can really make your business suffer. Um, but at the same time, you can't just sit by and do nothing because the evil grows. And you know, I've seen people in our field, you know, say things like, "Hey." Um, uh, that picture that you have with me, can you take that down? I've or had that picture, too. You know, or no, I've, it, I've had that too. You know, and it's like, okay, you, how are we going to fight against this evil when you're more concerned about, I guess, your image? Are you concerned about getting a job? Are you really working now? You know, so things yeah, like the la- that. The last, the last time that happened to me, it just really just cut the heart out of me, you know? Yes. It, it was like, all right, let's get this done. Yeah, uh, you know, like, just, could you maybe just not say that, you know, like I'm a, a lifelong conservative or something? Yeah. You know, yeah, I could say that. Sure, of course right. I can. Absolutely, they, I'd be happy. To, I'd be happy to take that out for you, and right. you can take my heart with it. You know, thank you. It, really, mm. yeah. And and the thing is, and each one feels justified to do it. Now, if you were to say this in confidence to somebody, say, "Yeah, this person basically threw me under the bus." I feel more like a closet friend, you know, than anything else. They'll tell you that that's really awful. I can't believe somebody would do something like that. And I'm like, "Well, you did too." Yep. Oh, but it's, you know, these are my That's circumstances. Different. It's yeah, different, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's that kind of fellowship. It shows why. I mean, the left is going to do what they do. But as the saying goes, evil you know, persists when good when good men do nothing. But I think it'd be good for us. And, and don't get me wrong, Bill, because I'm not the kind of person to say that, hey, well, you know, uh, I deserve an opportunity because I'm a patriot and I'm a conservative. So whatever work I do, you should stand behind it. No, it's not like that at all. I have to like consider that, you know what, maybe um, they don't want to work with me because my stuff sucks. I don't know. You know, maybe they, they have the reasons. I'm not going to try to pass judgment or anything like that. I didn't want to say anything. You know, <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you. But, you know, even with even with PJTV, you know, when we were at PJTV, I'm so grateful that, you know, uh, y'all saw something in my work that was usable. Some things, you know, they thought that I could do. And I had to step in and say, actually, I don't do that. Like man on the street things, going to people and, yep. and putting on the spot quotes like, look, man, I don't do I won't that. do them either. I, I'm not yeah. made th- I'm not made that way. I'm not made that way. Or or. People, you know, um, say, hey, man, uh, I want you to do uh, come become part of my comedy tour or, you know, they want me to do stand up comedy. And I'm like, I'm not a comedian. You know, I mean, I have my moments where I can be funny. I try to make my videos fun and stuff like that. But I'm not a bona fide comedian. I'm not a joke writer or anything like that's not what I do. Um, So. You know, knowing what our strengths are and knowing what even like, you know, in the Fellowship of the Ring, these people are gathered. They're very diverse and mm-hmm. they have a, sit, a different set of strengths and skills. And those things were put to task when called, even if it was really difficult for them to tap into their own wheelhouse. That's what they were, you know, called in for. And they were not only asking you to put things in, they were also asking you to take things out. 
Indeed, there are sacrifices that are going to be made. It's all about a sacrifice. I mean, that's what happened historically back at our previous employer, right? And and I remember thinking, why are you messing with this guy like that? Mm. You know, why are you asking Zoda? Well, don't talk about this so much. You know, it's like, mm. what 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 do you mean? What, what you mm. you just can't you can't do that. You know, you can't go you can't go to somebody who's got a voice and tell them. Yeah, we really love your voice. We just don't want you to talk about the things that gave you the voice in the first place. Yes. And, and I, was just, I was just gobsmacked by that. Mm. But yes, you're right. It, you're, you're right about all of it. Yeah. You know, it's, and, uh, and, and why, why wouldn't they want these things talked about? Because of fear. And it's not because my, my talking about it would be a liability. It wasn't a liability before. It was part of how I grew my audience. Uh, but certain, you know, whether they're biases or whether they have certain sentiments about it and they don't want them talked about because of how it may affect them personally or, or whatnot, there's supposed to be a bigger picture here. You know, there's supposed to be sacrifices that are going to be made and you can't be afraid to talk about these things um, because as we can see, and this has been a lot of, this has been a lot of with if we could just kind of like touch on the political aspect of it, there are certain cultural things that a lot of Republican voters have been discouraged from talking about. Too often, you know, Republicans are told, well, we should stay away from these issues, stay away from things like LGBT, stay away from the issue of abortion and things like that. And like, why are we being told to stay away from these issues and not yes. talk about them? They talk about it all the time. Right. We don't have to bring it up. That's the thing about it. We don't have to bring it up. They are going to bring it up and they're always sharpening their argument and their press for it. So why aren't we iron is supposed to sharpen iron? Why aren't we sharpening each other on these issues? So when they bring them up, we're ready. Um, always on the defense. We're always, yes. always on the defense. Always. Yes. Yeah. And so so these, these things. You know, if we don't if we don't address them, we will be ruled by them. And and now people will say like, well, you know, abortion is a, 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 a personal decision. And if it doesn't affect me, oh, I guarantee you, yes, it does. Because here's the thing about abortion. If a person feels like they have the right to take the life of a human being, guess what? They're going to feel like they have the right to make you pay for it. OK, so these things will translate into things like more taxes. You and know, you're it, a human being, too. So if they can make that decision that easily, you know, that's right. You should maybe be thinking about your own uh, your own worth to people like that. And that's not a that's not a speculation. That's been proven no. in history. Right. Democrats take the liberty to disqualify personhood at will. You know, that's what they do. Uh, you know, they, they did that with my ancestors. All right. That's just what they do. So. With, with, if you if we allow these things to go unchecked, uh, then that's what we end up being ruled. Those things turn into a lot of, of um, oppressive policies. And if we're not ready to uh, address those things and just steer away from them because we assume that that's going to be some political expedi expedience, that's a big mistake. Let's um, let's go back to something you mentioned, uh, uh, talking about kind of the modern fellowship of conservatives in general and and just even the small groups of people who have groups of friends and stuff. Let's go back to this idea of Facebook jail. Hmm. Um, when I started at, in that particular fellowship and when I started doing this work pretty much full time, previous I had been a, a, a an editor in Hollywood for about 15 years and had a pretty decent resume. I was getting hired pretty much all the time. And I started writing Eject, Eject, Eject as a blog, but that was part-time work. Even by the time I made the decision to get into video, it was getting, I could, I could feel that around me people were kind of, this guy's a, this guy's a conservative, I think. But certainly once, once I decided to put my face on these things and get out there in front of videos, 
I, I, real, I had a really serious moment when I said, if I do this, I'm never going to work in this town again, ever going to work in this town again. And, and I remember thinking, I've talked about this before, I remember thinking, you know, this, Iraq was still going on strong then, and I thought, you know, 18-year-olds that are out there being killed right now, you know, so I can live in a free country, and I'm worried that I don't get a chance to work on a Hollywood set in an air-conditioned suite, you know, cutting some celebrity talking about some other celebrity. I'm really, this is, this is going to prevent me from doing it. And, and so this is the thing that, that I think we need to understand as a, as a fellowship of, of friends out there who are watching the show. It, it is a, it's a, it's a terrible dilemma, but it only got to be a dilemma because of, because we let it get to become a dilemma. Mm -hmm. The dilemma is, and I saw this all the time in this particular fellowship, as did you, that there are people out there who have families to feed and rents to pay and so on, and they are lifelong cinematographers, director, photographers, sound guys, stuntmen, whatever. If they if they come out and, and speak their mind, they'll never work again, and they won't be able to prove it either because what most people don't understand about Hollywood or at least about gig-based uh, jobs are – you can never get hired again, and you'll never know the reason. The phone call just won't come. It's not like you got fired after 25 years of service and you have some kind of case to make, you know. No, you just, you'll just never work again. And these people would say, it's, it's this incredible torment for me to have to keep my head down, but if I don't keep my head down, then, then I'm out of a job and my family uh, doesn't get to eat. And, and I completely understand mm -hmm. that. I 100% do, and I never, ever once felt like, you know, you're miserable, you're miserable. It never once crossed my mind. Bec I, I mean, I, I do this because I can afford to. As it turns out, I didn't know it at the time, turned out I could actually make a living at it. But, but the only reason it got to the point where if people found out that in, in entertainment, if people found out that you were a conservative, you'd never work again. The only reason it got to that point was because of what you just mentioned, was because we don't express our opinion with confidence, because, because we let them set the, set the battlefield, we let them set the moral tone, we let them set the narrative so that we were automatically the bad guys, and we didn't stand up for it when we should have at the beginning. And, and so we're stuck in this cycle now where, where either Facebook jail or loss of your job, loss of your friends, loss of social connections, slander, you know, uh, uh, people can make statements about you that will follow you around, followed me around, I'm sure it's followed you around too. And, and all of this is a result of us not having the courage of our convictions. You, you mentioned it earlier, we, we, we're always reacting to what they say. And that means that we are usually reacting because they've already established the narrative, right? So the Democrats, which held slaves, are now, of course, the party that, that, that they're the anti-racists. <laughs> and the way they'll prove that they're anti-racist is by making sure that, um, that the individual races are kept completely separate and that each one of them is treated like little children who can't take care of themselves. Mm. We, don't, we don't have the confidence. We have the belief, but we don't have the confidence, which is why people like Andrew Breitbart, especially Rush Limbaugh, were always just so amazing to me. And I'm in this line of work, you know. I would hear Rush say things that are just like, what? Yes, of course, he, of course he said it. Of course it's true. And he said it because it's true. And he doesn't care. Now, of course, he got to be fairly wealthy that way, but, but he wasn't in the beginning. And so, and so we're stuck in this trap where we don't have the, the courage to get ourselves out of things because the consequences are so dire now, for many of us anyway, 
But we got into that trouble because we didn't speak up. And the more that we stay quiet, the more the oppression gains power and the worse things get. And comes a point somewhere, I think, for all of us where we have to just say, listen, you know, this is the price of, of freedom is, is in, in, in this information war. It's not that you're going to be expected to go over and, and you know, and, and, and try to take Mount Suribachi. You're, you're, you, you, may have to, you may have to go to Facebook prison. That may be what you have to do in order to keep this country free. And when, when you compare it to some of the sacrifices that have been made, it's, it's not a big sacrifice to make. And I think we ought to start thinking about things that way. We really ought to start thinking about, about the fact that we can talk about courage and patriotism and all the rest of it, but if we keep our heads down about it, then we're talking about courage and patriotism at no cost. And that doesn't require any courage. And, and frankly, not a whole lot of patriotism either. Indeed, man. It, you know, it, it, reminds, it reminds me of, um, I, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, he was on the Cosby show. And I guess it was big news because they saw this guy. He was like Lisa Bonet's husband in, um, in the Cosby show. And um, it went big news because they saw him working at Trader Joe's. And uh, it's like, wow, how is it that this guy who was on this iconic TV show, how is it that he's working at Trader Joe's? And for those who are worried, it, it speaks to this. For those who are worried that, man, if I speak up about my conservative values, I'll never get to work as a cameraman or I won't get to work as a, a sound guy or anything like that. Um, well, this guy actually had a pretty good career and it wasn't that he spoke up about anything. The guy's now working at Trader Joe's. Uh, and then Tyler Perry came, found out about it and said, hey, I, and I don't know what became of it, but Tyler Perry said, give me a call. I think we got some work for you. And that's a beautiful thing. Not, not that is to, a beautiful you know, thing. It's, it's like he, he heard about it and said, what, what can I do about this? Um, now, what I say that for is how is it that, and, and I even saw a lot of conservative actors or uh, you know those uh, on the right of center coming out and say, oh, God bless, that's right, you work, man. You get out there and you work and, and I can totally respect that and all that sort of stuff. It's like, really? So, there's, so why are you being so quiet? Exactly. Now, some of these are they're, they're out and on Twitter and, they, and, they, and, they've, and they've made their, uh, their positions known on Twitter, but you have a lot of those who will quietly say, yeah, I could totally respect that. Yeah, it's like you go and you still make an honest living. There's nothing nothing bad about working at Trader Joe's. It's totally respectable. So why aren't you willing to make that same kind of sacrifice? Why are you being quiet? You know, it's like you'll applaud this guy, but you won't do the same thing. And um, and it was it was like a it was a little bit of a slap in the face for me because I'm like seeing all these people, you know, people that we know flood in and, and uh, you know, um, like give a like or something like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do just enough to let them, let them know that they're, they're approving, but not really step out there while folks like, if I just might say like myself, uh, whose career has been decimated by speaking out a guy yes, who, who, who will definitely not get to work in Hollywood again. Uh, uh, if I ever really did, you know, but you know, thank God though, uh, there's folks like you who say, you know what, uh, I'll extend my resources, man. And I, I'd like, I'd like to do something with this guy. If I could jam with this we, guy, I'd like to do it. You know, we so did that because of, because, because of, of, of several thousand new members decided that they, that they wanted to put their money where the mouth was. And, and that gave us the resources to do what I've been wanting to do from the beginning. But yes, yes. The, the credit doesn't go to me. Mm -hmm. I, I just know talent when I see it. It's the credit goes to those people who stepped up when we asked them to over a year ago. Mm -hmm. And gave us the resources to do this. And thank y'all. Yeah, I yes, really appreciate man. it. And um, you know, the thing is, and, but you know, they what part of the reason why they know about it is 
you know, also because of you. And um, and so, I, you know, I don't take those things for granted. And, you know, I think it should be an example, you know, to a lot of people who uh, are are right of center in Hollywood to where they can put their resources. It's, it's your stuff. You do what you want. Don't get me wrong. And like and, and nobody's nobody owes each other anything in terms of that. Right. But if you are going to say, oh, man, what's happening to my country, then we do kind of owe it to that idea that our country's being taken over. Maybe we might want to put our resources to use in helping to preserve it. Yeah, and maybe Facebook jail is not yeah. the worst possible fate for uh, for a patriot in, in time of, of grave danger for the for the country. Mm. It's not an awful lot to ask. Yeah, uh, this show is made possible by all of our long term members at BillWhittle.com. Obviously, we kept the operation going, but especially by the new people that joined up a little over a year ago. Uh, that gave us the opportunity to do this, and we're gonna um, gonna be asking uh, a whole new group of people to join us soon. I know I've been teasing this forever, but these things work on bill time, which is somewhere between geological time and daylight savings time. Um, in any event, thank you very much for your support. As always, on behalf of Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us here on the Virtue City. Mm-hmm.